Chapter 22 Ilse's arms and belly hurt from swimming for so long, but definitely because they were traveling at a faster pace. She lagged just behind Reshma, and both of them were a foot or so behind Dalit's fin. Ilse kept moving her arms, hips, and fins since her fears of being left behind were greater than the exhaustion. They kept a few feet under the water's surface, which allowed them to better see the creatures around them, as well as any oncoming vessels to avoid. Every once in a while, the waters shadowed for a bit as large fishing boats hovered and dangled their large nets into the waters. You are not mermaids, Dalit stated simply. Ilse and Reshma looked to each other with confused expressions before Ilse answered for them, We are human girls. You know we are humans. You saw that we needed help. I know this, Dalit replied, as if proud. Humans don't understand Vata at all. Thank you for helping us, Reshma said gently. There was a long pause, and Ilse wondered if the meaningless conversation was over. However, Dalit turned and began swimming backwards and said, Say tell me that I should get you lost. She wasn't smiling or showing any kind of emotion. She just stated it like it was a fact. Are we... lost? Reshma said. Both Ravenians looked up at the surface, tempted to check for any sign of security or direction. Reshma began clenching and releasing her hands, which matched the tension of her jaw. No, not lost. Never lost, Dalit said, shaking her head. Her hair lazily followed her motions. They told me to make you lost, but you want to still help us. That is very odd. It is why I asked you if you were mermaids or not. Not many creatures are nice to mermaids unless they are afraid. We're not afraid, Ilse said, or we would have never come here. You don't seem afraid, Dalit announced again. I like you twos. Will you show me people? Uh... Ilse said, filling the space as her mind whirled in confusion. Why do you want to see the people? Curious, was her answer. Ilse blanched at the idea. They were going to a market where they made money by catching and selling fish. They wouldn't exactly be the friendliest lot to anything or anyone with a fin. Why are you nice humans? Dalit continued. Ilse felt like it was talking and reasoning with a child. We like to be different, was Reshma's simple reply. Not all humans are nice. Some are very mean. They want to hurt others that don't want to be mean, so we help the nice people live and be happy. Such like the king, Dalit said. He helps everyone. Ilse wanted to grumble a reply, but remembered they hoped to reach some kind of alliance and how guilty she felt that it didn't work out. The light was doing odd things to Ilse's mind. They were slowly approaching shallow water and it showed by the gradual, smooth incline. However, it was getting darker as the day was coming to a close. How far away are we from the people? Reshma asked Dalit. She was doing a great job of being patient with their guide, now that they weren't afraid of being led astray. Ilse figured Reshma's moments of understanding and gentleness came from having younger siblings. Not far for mermaids, Dalit replied. Look at the moon. It moves for us to know if the day is almost done. The last of the town torches were put out by the time Ilse and Reshma surfaced. They breathed in the grimy air and each took a turn of sighing in relief. Their maddening task was over. They turned to look at Dalit, who cautiously peeked her head out a few feet away. The people are sleeping, Dalit stated. I better come back when they are not sleeping. We'll come to see you tomorrow if you'd like, Ilse smiled, relieved that Dalit had temporarily given up on her request. The air is cold above, Dalit said again with a touch of sadness on her face. I come back. I meet you here later. We'll watch for you, Reshma smiled. Dalit quickly turned and arched her back. She used her face and shoulders to dive back into the water and disappear. 
I'm surprised she flat out told us that she was instructed to get us lost out here, Rushma said once she was really gone. It's not that hard to imagine, Ilse shrugged. I would probably be used to telling the truth all the time if my king could tell if I was lying. It was nice of her to still help us. Speaking of help, Rushma said, gesturing to herself, we need some kind of coverings to make it back to the hotel. As soon as they approached the boats and shoreline, it was as if they entered a new territory. Their gills and fins began to disappear from their neck, hands, and legs. The night wind swirled around the girls, and they began raiding small fishing boats for any kind of cloth. Besides lots of nets, the girls didn't find much in the way of warmth or coverings. Should you just use Swift to zip us back to our room? Reshma asked. And risk making a lot of noise? Ilse questioned in return. I'm pretty good at sprints, but that's mainly when I know where I'm going. I could knock us into a building and think of how the neighbors would react. Right, Reshma grunted. She climbed into a boat and then snorted. Brilliant! I can't believe it! What? There's a parcel in here with our names on it, Reshma said. Ilse could tell by her tone that she was pleased by that. Someone's left us all clothes here. Ladala seal and everything. They must be here already, Ilse said, her mood already brightening. Let's get these on and get inside. They giggled at their embarrassing fortune, got dressed, and then lifted their skirts as they waded to shore. Ilse woke up, looked at the wooden ceiling inside. She gathered her blankets closer to her, then realized that there were two other blankets on top. It's for the chill, she heard someone say. Except you probably aren't cold, are you? Ilse turned and propped herself up to see Lisa Lot sitting on the floor with her boots off, whittling at a small stick. She was wearing simple traveling pants and a tunic over a cotton shirt. She had a tattered scarf tied over her head and knotted at her neck to pin back and hide the tips of her ears. She looked nothing like one of Ladala's right-hand fighters. Lot, Ilse cried. You made it! Aye, we did, about a week ago, she said, still looking at her little project. Didn't think you'd be back so soon. So soon? Ilse repeated. They couldn't kick us out fast enough. Reshma grumbled, slowly shifting around, keeping the blankets about her. Ilse looked sheepishly back at Lot. We tried talking with them, but as soon as they discovered that I had Swift, they practically banished us, Ilse said. Why didn't any of you tell us that the rings would turn us into mermaids anyway? Lot laughed. If I had any clue, I would have informed you immediately. I don't know anything about them except they burn at the touch, and Ladala lets you learn a lot of things on your own. I'll be sure to let her know my opinions on waking up on the ocean floor, Ilse said, rubbing sleep from her eyes. And then we failed our first task. Reshma put a reassuring hand on Ilse's upper arm. We didn't expect a whole lot, Lisa Lot said, finally looking at the two. We haven't spoken to them in decades. They make it hard to access, really. I'm sure you couldn't even point out their kingdom on a map, and you've been there. Ilse nodded in acknowledgement. Ladala picks well, Lisa Lot said. I can imagine you got real nice and cozy, threatening them in their face. I can count only a few people that have had such the honor. Ilse smiled a bit at the joke, still regretful of the sour experience, but relieved that no one else was as disappointed. I'll wait for you downstairs with the others, Lisa Lot said as she put her knife and wood away and stood up. We can talk about your time with the merfolk once you are both properly awake. We should meet by the docks, Ilse added. Our guide, Dalit, hopes to see us there. Or at least the fishermen. She would be ideal to talk to. Lot smiled, then left. Once the door clicked shut, Ilse rolled over so she was lying flat on her back. They don't hate me, Ilse said. They don't think I'm a failure. 
Why would they hate you? You know they can't do what we can do, Rushma mumbled, pulling the blankets over her face. You look like a corpse, Ilse joked. I want to sleep like one, came the voice under the blankets. Glad to see you back in the land of the living, Rowan said as Ilse and Rushma approached. The two kept to their fishing village attire while the elves draped themselves in ambiguous traveling attire. Rowan himself had a floppy traveler's hat to cover his red, spiky hair. He tipped the edge a bit as a salutation. As opposed to the land of the dead, Rushma asked as they all exchanged hearty handshakes and hugs. He's teasing, Deidre said, rolling her eyes at him. We've got a bit of a common joke that the mermaids don't get enough sun. Sunshine helps things grow and all. Don't make me explain the rest of it or it sounds silly. Do you normally get along with them? Elsie asked. Usually, never any wars, Deidre shrugged. We obviously don't talk much. Would have been terrifically surprising if they agreed to help. Lisa, I told you. Yes, she gave us your report, Basim nodded, giving an encouraging smile. What you did was fine, and exactly what we hoped would happen. You hoped we would somehow make it down there and get rejected? Elsie asked. We didn't want to get our hopes too high, Basim explained. But they are properly warned. They'll come looking for an alliance once things go from bad to worse. Althald has done a lot of damage in every city in a way that there are people missing and joining their ranks by the day. But no city officials even know there's a problem. So we're messengers, Rushma said. The four elven soldiers looked to each other, then back at the girls. Perhaps the setting in the middle of town isn't suitable for this kind of talk, Basim said. I think we can go to the shore, talk to your guide, and then better explain what we're trying to do. What is there to discuss? Elsie said. We can talk about the next places for you to go and what we hope to achieve, Deidre said. She put a reassuring hand on her shoulder and they all casually walked towards the shoreline. Straight ahead lay the constructed docks and boats coming in and out of the city. Elsie and Rushma led them off to the right where the terrain became full of sand and rocks. Pretty soon, they reached rugged cliffs that rose up a mile or so above their heads. Do you think she'll come? Ilse heard one of them say. These creatures are not humans, Dalit concluded, out of nowhere. Only her head and shoulders were above the water. The water was clear enough that Ilse could see that she propped herself up out of the water at her elbows. How can you even tell? Reshma asked as her immediate reaction. They aren't afraid of me, Dalit shrugged. Humans always like to carry around pointy things in case they meet someone that isn't a human. You're right, Deidre said, lowering herself so she was squatting in the sand. We're elves. We live in the woods. Dalit wrinkled her nose and smiled. You are all very strange, Dalit said. Elves and humans. Very strange. On land, a lot of strange things are happening, Deidre continued, adopting a calm, gentle tone similar to the one Reshma used while they were navigating their way home. Could you tell us more about what life is like for the mermaids? Dalit propelled herself closer as everyone sat down in the sand and listened. As Dalit went on to explain what Ilse and Reshma had already seen and witnessed, Ilse thought about their exchange with Ladala's soldiers. Her brow furrowed, accompanied by a small scowl in her face as she thought about it. It seemed like everyone was reminding her of how little time there was to explain what she needed to know, or they weren't in the ideal location to divulge more information, or just the plain fact that she agreed wholeheartedly to a cause that she admitted she didn't fully understand. Her enemy was Althod. She hardly knew anything about the man except his name. She was supposed to use Swift somehow to do good and oppose the Yildirims. Apparently, turning into a mermaid fit that scheme. It wasn't long before Reshma nudged her and brought her back to the present moment. She said to Ilse, 
I already told Dalit that we don't know anyone here that we could safely introduce her to. Ilse shook her head as if to clear her mind of her frustrations. Yeah, we're only in this village for a short time. We haven't made any friends. Dalit didn't look sad or remotely frustrated, but smiled softly and said, I meet you too. Very peculiar. I hope more human girls are like you. Maybe I see you again. Where are you going? Ilse asked. Did she miss something? Dalit arched her body again to turn herself around the way she came. They heard a plunk and Dalit disappeared. Ilse whirled around and saw a few medium-sized ships coming to the dock. They were far enough away that they probably didn't hear anything that happened, but those on board could probably notice that four adults and two teenagers were sitting together in the sand. Ilse was tired of worrying about people watching her already. Without saying anything, the group collectively stood up and walked away. Having a private conversation is so much easier to do in the trees, Basim muttered. Then let's go in the forest then, Lot said. We'll strike up an official meeting. We owe it to these two to know what they're really supposed to do. We might as well leave anyway. Our business is done here.